You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 19th, 2021. My name is Philip Ross, I can be expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk a little bit about the potential coaching hire of Nate Tibbetts, adding him to Jamal Mosley's staff. What that says about the direction the Magic are trying to go as they begin to build out their staff and, and why I think this is a really big and crucial hire. I, I really do like this hire a ton. We'll also get into some of the players that uh, are going to get some second chances and a second look under Jamal Mosley and who need to take advantage of of the opportunity. I'm sure you can already think of one. I've got another one that might be a little bit offbeat as well. And then, of course, we'll talk about Game 5 of the NBA Finals before Tuesday's Game 6. Before we do any of that, though, I do want to remind you all, you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're searching for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown? On the Milwaukee Bucks after their big win over the Phoenix Suns, check out Locked On Bucks. Want to find out how the Suns plan to bounce back? Check out Locked On Suns. Plus, we got great podcasts across the sports spectrum with SEC Media Days coming up. You can catch up with your favorite SEC teams like Locked On Gators. Go Gators! Ba-da-da-da-da. Okay, I'll stop now. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Search for every download podcast for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. I'll give you this reminder at the end of the show, but I'll remind you here too. The Ultimate Mock Draft is now available. You can check out the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft 2021 wherever you download podcasts. We'll have more information coming up at the end of the show and talk plenty more about it as the week goes on. This episode is also brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me this week on Thursday at 5 p.m. to get in on the action. We'll have two more of these things before the NBA draft. I am planning on having one, uh, I believe, the day before the draft because I'm working on draft night. Um, But we will have plenty, plenty to talk about as we get closer and closer to the NBA draft. These are a lot of fun. I've been sorry. I'm sorry I haven't been able to share these with you of late on the podcast feed. So you want to make sure you you don't miss it. Join me at Thursday at 5 p.m. to get in on the fun. All right, that was a lot of intro, a lot of exposition. The main news of the day. Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, writer of uh, the book um, uh, writer of the book about tanking in the NBA. Sorry, I'm blanking on the name. Um, the, or- the Orlando Magic are set, or Jake Fisher reported, the Orlando Magic are expected to hire former Portland Trailblazers assistant Nate Tibbetts to join Jamal Mosley's staff. Um Tibbetts also interviewed for a position under Luke Walton in Sacramento. So it shows you that the Magic are, are able to get are able to beat Sacramento still at things, which is which is always good. Um, this is uh, you know again, I've talked a lot about the assistant coaching staff. I think Jamal Mosley hiring a strong assistant coaching staff is vital to his success. Um, Mosley is gonna is gonna want to be on the floor with his guys. He's gonna want to kind of still do a lot of the player development. But the fact of the matter is, he cannot do that anymore or cannot do that as much anymore. He is a head coach. There are more responsibilities. There's the game plan to oversee. There's uh, responsibilities to delegate. He's not going to be the main guy preparing uh, and working with guys on the floor. Not as much anymore. Well, I think he will still do 
a, a bit of it, and I think he'll do it more than, say, Steve Clifford would, um, because I think that's just more his coaching style. Um, this isn't this isn't going to be his everyday thing. So he needs to find coaches who who supplement his message, who are going to kind of bring the same approach and same ideas that he has to the table. And he needs coaches that can complement a little bit some of the, uh, and complement a little bit some of his weak weaknesses. Um, kind of fill in some gaps in his coaching record. Again, he's got a pretty solid coaching record, I would say. Uh, at this point, I don't think there's any complaint about uh, about the, about Mosley and his, and his history. He's got 14 years in the NBA. He's got a long, long track record. And so, when this report came out, a like I said during the coaching search, who really knows what assistant coaches do? Um, but when you recognize a name and and it's and it's someone that has kind of the pedigree that Tibbets has, you you do perk up. Like this is this is not nothing. This is not something to just ignore and push to the side or just wait for the whole staff to get announced. Because the Magic aren't going to announce the staff until it is complete. I would expect it done this week, to be perfectly honest. Um, I'd expect a, a full coaching staff to be announced this week. Um, now, now it's kind of the hiring period. And hopefully, Pat Delaney, Steve Hetzel, uh, Bruce Kreitzer, Ty Corbin, um, you know, hopefully the Magic's uh, assistant coaching staff either have found jobs already or they're going to be retained on the Magic staff. Because, um, you know, again, these are real people with real jobs. We want, you know, the Magic's assistant coaching staff did a fantastic job. I, I was, I, I have heard no, uh, Mike Batista, sorry if I forgot him. Um, I, I've heard no complaints about the job that they did. Um, you know, you look at the, the record and the results, you know, outside of the season, which was big injury season, Magic coaching staff did really well. If, if Steve Clifford wanted to still be coaching the Magic, they'd all still have jobs and they'd all still be uh, coaching the Orlando Magic. So, um, again, we want them all to land on their feet somewhere in the NBA, and I'm, I'm sure they all will. Um, it's still, still, um, you know, not clear how well uh, Mosley will shape his sh- shape his staff, but this hire of Tibbetts and, and the pedigree that he brings and, and the role that I think we can all assume he's going to take on shows exactly the kind of coaches that Jamal Mosley is chasing after. Um, on the Orlando Magic Pod squad with Jamal Mosley, which you ha- if you haven't listened to, I think was a really good introduction to him. Um, you know, don't don't listen to it till after this podcast, of course. Um, Mosley said that um, he's looking for assistant coaches who are teachers, who are good communicators, you know, who uh, very much supplement his player development persona and style. And that really is uh, really is Nate Tibbetts to a T. You look at Tibbetts' track record and where he's been and, and, and the kind of things that people have said about him, and it's very, very clear that he is a player development coach. Before coming to the NBA, Tibbetts was the head coach of the Tulsa 66ers, who are now the Oklahoma City Blue in the G League. He went 16-40 overall as a head coach with a 6-7 and record in the playoffs. Um, so he's, had, he's, the most, he's actually had the highest winning percentage of any coach in the Oklahoma City Blues franchise history, which does date back to Tulsa. Um, that includes Thunder coach Mark Dejanow. So, guy was a very successful G League coach. He is very much a player development guy. Um, he came into the league uh, with Jamal Mosley uh, in Cleveland under Byron Scott, coached two seasons there before moving to Portland, and then he was in Portland for a long time. Um, if you, there's an article that came out in 2016, so five years ago now, where Kevin Pelton of ESPN noted that Tibbetts was really good at providing little tidbits to Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. You know, David Vanderpool gets a lot of credit for um, kind of their overall skill development, but it was it's, it was Tibbetts who was giving them little pointers and tips on 
the playbook or on the game plan or on player tendencies and kind of taught them how to watch film. Kyrie Irving also spoke very, very highly of Tibbetts in his early years with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Tibbetts has been up for being a head coach before. Um, he was uh, a fi- he was uh, in the running for the head coaching job that went to Nate, Nate Bjorken uh, in Indiana. He was a finalist for the Atlanta Hawks job in 2018 when they began their rebuild by hiring Lloyd Pierce. He's interviewed for several NBA head coaching jobs and has been a serious candidate for them in the past. The last two seasons, he was the associate head coach under Terry Stotts. Now, the associate head coach has been kind of a new position. Um, I think it's partially created so that uh, they can give one assistant coach kind of a pay bump and, and kind of name him something of the, the assistant coach in waiting in some respects. Um, so yes, it is title gobble, gobbledygook at a, at, on, at a base level. But the fact that the Magic are hiring the associate head coach to their team from a playoff team like Portland, A, I think that speaks to both Jamal Mosley's relationships as, as this is a person that he worked with almost a decade ago now, um, and they still have a good enough working relationship that, that he'd want him on his staff. And B, it, to me, it's, it says that, yes, Nate Tibbetts is probably going to be the quote-unquote associate head coach for the Orlando Magic, kind of that, se- kind of that second-in-command, that first chair next to Jamal Mosley. This is someone that I think, that I think should be very clear, Mosley trusts and trusts a lot. Now, again, what do assistant coaches really do? People have asked me, is he an offensive coach? Is he a defensive coach? Everything that I've read has pointed to he's a player development coach. So yes, there's still some X's and O's stuff that I think needs to be sorted out and some, some weaknesses and, and the coaching staff that need to be sorted out. But a big point that I made and a big point that I've been making when people say, oh, this is just another Jacques Vaughn, you know, we're starting a rebuild, this is a babysitter. I'm like, no, 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 no. Jacques Vaughn came to, came to the Magic with just two years of assistant coaching experience. Jamal Mosley's got 14 years under his belt. Nate Tibbetts, the lead assistant, has been an assistant coach in the NBA since 2012. So the Magic are not going to inexperienced guys. Again, you look at the Magic's assistant coaching staff under uh, Jacques Vaughn, no one had this much experience as an assistant coach, had seen this much uh, and been in an NBA locker room as a coach as long as these guys have. Um, So I do think that that is a little bit of of an advantage. But it is also very clear what the Magic's goals are. Look, this is a rebuilding team. If the Magic aren't putting a premium on player development, they're doing it wrong. They can't just drop these guys in and expect them to be able to execute super complicated offense or high-level offensive and defensive schemes. Right now, the goal is to get these players better because getting these players better will enable them to kind of unlock that kind of next level. It's very, very clear to me is the Magic are looking for player development coaches. They're looking to build these players up Every day in practice. Every day in practice is a chance to get better. And the Magic are hiring coaches and hiring people that have proven track records of doing that. That's what this is about, and that's why this hire is really, really important. There's obviously more to come. There's obviously more coaches that are going to be hired. I would expect a staff of of four, four coaches. That's usually the standard nowadays. So it's still waiting for three more hires, most likely. Would I like one of them to be someone that's already on the Magic staff? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think some continuity would be really valuable. It wouldn't surprise me if Ty Corbin is kind of named as a, as as an assistant coach as well, uh, especially since he has head coaching experience in the league before. I do think that would be valuable, and I'd like to see uh, an offensive-minded coach in there too, as, as Mosley's more defensive-minded. We don't really know if Tibbetts is an offensive or defensive coach. The Magic should probably have one offensive coach or one kind of shooting specialist coach as well. Um, but everything is clearly pointing toward player development, 
How do we make these guys better? And obviously, that's the Magic's big goal for the coming season. We will uh, talk a little bit more about players that the Magic have to be focused on improving or players that could get a second chance with Jamal Mosley coming up here in just a moment. But first, did you know Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? You wouldn't even believe. There's something for everyone. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors well, you're missing out. Whether you like coconut, raspberry, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Chocolate's usually just good no matter what flavor it is. But I can tell you all of these flavors, even flavors that I normally wouldn't like. I'm not a big strawberry guy. I've had the strawberry Bilt Bar. It's pretty darn good. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box to get two of each of the nine currently available flavors. Not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. These are not meal replacement bars like you would find in the grocery store. You don't look at the at the box and say, oh, this is 350 calories. I'm having a, a meal in the middle of my day. Or I'm using this instead of eating lunch. That's not what these are. These are supplement bars that'll give you the protein and the energy that you need without killing your calorie counts. Most of the bars come with 17 to 18 grams of protein with calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories with only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. These are all amazing flavors. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So when you watch them run at the Olympics coming up this starting this weekend, I guess the track and field is probably in a week, they'll be, they'll be eating Built Bar too. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So we're talking a little bit about, about coaches. We'll get back into draft stuff uh, on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. We're talking more about coaches. And, you know, the thing about having a new head coach um, is, is it's very much a new beginning. Now, obviously, the Magic are at a new beginning anyway, but for for a lot of players, this is a fresh start. This is a chance to kind of get new eyes on them, get new perspectives on them, and and and, and for players to kind of redefine themselves. Um, this is a coach that doesn't have any preconceived notions about any of these players, doesn't have any history with them, uh, and so what he plans to do with them or how he plans to use them or how he plans to get the most out of them will be vastly different than what we saw with Steve Clifford. Now, too much of this change, too much of this fresh start is obviously bad for young players. We saw that play out here in Orlando with the constant coaching changes um, that, you know, frankly, probably derailed much of Aaron Gordon's potential and career, um, kind of kept him unfoc- kept him unfocused. It hurt Victor Oladipo early in his career as well. Stability is good, and so I don't want to I don't want to, you know, I want to say that, you know, I hope Jamal Mosley's the head coach here for five or six years. But undoubtedly, this is a chance to start over for a lot of players. Obviously, whenever I'm talking about fresh starts and, and second chances, the first guy that you're probably thinking I'm talking about is Mo Bamba, and you're absolutely right. Mo Bamba has had a difficult run in his first three seasons in the NBA. Um, there's no doubt about that. He's struggled to find playing time. He's struggled with injuries. He struggled to just kind of learn the game. Um, and... Some of that is certainly on him. Certainly he needs to be better. Certainly he needs to kind of grow in that way. Some of that's not on him. The injuries aren't his fault. The Magic drafted him knowing he was a long-term project. They probably didn't anticipate making the playoffs in 2019. And so all of a sudden, the Magic had different needs. They had different things they were trying to accomplish. And they uh, obviously uh, got put in a different spot, in a different position. Um, Bamba, to me, coming out of the season... 
it just felt like Bamba needed new eyes on him. He needed he needed someone he needed just a new voice telling him what to do or or, or guiding him through this NBA thing. And then part of me also kind of believed he just needed a new environment. Like getting out of Orlando would, would be helpful for him coming into this final year of his contract. But having a new coach is a great start. Look, I think Steve Clifford did a great job. I don't think he had any animosity toward Mo Bamba. I think he wanted Mo to be successful. But the bottom line is Steve Clifford's goal when he came to Orlando and Steve Clifford's goal once it was clear the Magic were a playoff caliber team was to win games. And when you're trying to win games, yes, that means sometimes development takes a back seat. That means sometimes development is not the most important thing in the world. And that's exactly what's what happened here. The Magic were starting to win games. They were competing for a playoff spot, and Mo Bamba's injury helped them do that. Ken Birch was a much more reliable player. The Magic needed consistency, and so Mo took a step back. His playing time decreased. And, you know, again, for better or for worse, fair or unfair, Mo never gained Clifford's trust. Once that opinion was set about Mo Bamba, he never really could break through again. Now, granted, I would I would also argue that Mo, when he did get his opportunities, did not always take advantage of them. And even after the trade deadline, when he was playing a whole lot more, his numbers were better. But there are still a lot of things he needed to clean up. And, and, and as everyone kind of has recognized, a lot of the improvements that Mo needs to make to kind of get himself back in back into the NBA and kind of back into, into the rotation and, and to, to carve a future out for this team is really on him. But the good news for him is that it's not the same guy evaluating him. It's not the same person giving you the opinion. It's not the same person that has preconceived notions of what he was. There's a coach now that can focus on what he is and what he still can be. The video that the Orlando Magic released of Jamal Mosley working with Mo Bamba was really exciting for Magic fans. You could tell there was just a giddiness about, about watching that because... Um, there's a giddiness about watching that because of just just the the idea of Mo kind of reclaiming some of his potential, reclaiming some of his some of his kind of lost lost talent or lost whatever you want to call it. The magic, you know, obviously they can put him in this situation where he will make the most of this chance, and he's going to get this chance. He's going to be a backup. He's going to be the backup center at the very least to start the season if he's still on the roster. And he's going to have a new coach to give him new ideas and a new perspective. This is what is really impo- powerful about this fresh start for so many players. And it's not just Mo Bamba that needs a fresh start. It's not just Mo Bamba that kind of needs a new idea and a, and a new thinking and, and just a new voice around him. I would argue Jonathan Isaac is also someone that could take advantage of kind of this second chance. Jonathan Isaac is, you know, obviously his number one priority is to come back from injury. Um, it's really important that he that he makes that return, that he get, takes that step and returns from injury. But we also want to see Isaac take another step in his game. And obviously the team that Isaac's returning to is not the team that he left. There's no Nikola Vucevic, there's no Aaron Gordon, there's no Evan Fournier. Even when, all, even when several of those players were injured, Isaac was still kind of a second or third option. And it's, I don't think it's that Steve Clifford wanted it to be that way, but Steve Clifford would often say, I've got to find a way to get Isaac more involved. Isaac was not a key cog of the Magic's offense. That's just fact at this point. But 
this is a chance for Isaac to get another look. Obviously, again, getting back from injury is priority number one for Jonathan Isaac. He has to be healthy before he can do anything else. But this is a guy who, you know, broke through a little bit before his injury in January 2020, uh, averaging about 12 points per game, shooting effective field goal percentage better than 50%. When he came back from that injury in the bubble, he was shooting threes at an incredibly high rate. There were plenty of signs that Isaac was starting to assert himself and feel a lot more comfortable, at least as a spot-up shooter, if not something a little bit more before his injuries in the 2020 season. I've said this before. I will say it again. To me, Jonathan Isaac is the best, is the most talented player on this team. He's the only one with an elite skill. But we all want to see Jonathan Isaac be a bit more assertive and a bit more aggressive offensively. Would that have happened under Steve Clifford? Maybe with this roster, it would have had to. But this is a fresh start for Jonathan Isaac, too. Obviously, again, health is his number one priority right now. Getting back to full game shape is his number one priority, but he's going to be relied on to score a whole lot more. He's going to get and have to take and be aggressive with a lot more shots. And so Jamal Mosley, I think one of his big tasks is to get Isaac to change his mindset. This is a fresh start for Jonathan Isaac because there's a coach that's going to put a lot of offensive trust in him, probably more offensive trust than Isaac's had since he was in high school, if even that. The Magic are going to have to believe in Jonathan Isaac. And he's going to have to deliver for them to have any hope. I mean, this season shouldn't be a referendum on Isaac as a first or second option in an offense because, again, he's coming back from a major injury. But the Magic are going to have to do some proof of concept work. And Isaac's going to have to find a way to deliver even just a little bit. I would also add Gary Harris to this list um, as another player who will get a second chance. But a lot of that's more his own injury recovery and his own building of value as he prepares to enter free agency. But every player is going to have, essentially, this kind of a fresh start, this kind of a second look, this kind of second option um, as they prepare for their first year under Jamal Mosley. Again, Coach Mose has no preconceived notions about any of these guys. He's going to watch some tape. That'll form some. But he's going to give everyone their chance to really shine. And there's going to be a chance for those players to shine if they take advantage of it. When we come back, we'll talk about Game 5 of the NBA Finals and what to look for as Game 6 approaches. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season now in full swing. The Olympics coming up. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action, too. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, game five of the NBA Finals. Wow, that was that was another incredible game. I mean, I I, I sat there watching game four and was like, this is going to be a classic. Very very early on in that game. Game 5 turned into a classic as well with the Suns going up to a big lead off of three-point shooting and then the Bucks slowly etching their way back, building a lead of their own uh, and hanging on for the wild ride. And incre- I mean, 
like I said, these are two really evenly matched teams. Both teams are worthy champions. I, I will back off my statement saying the Suns are in control. The Bucks are obviously in control now. They've got the best player on the floor in Giannis Antetokounmpo, and, and, and Phoenix just has no answer for him. Um, especially late in games, when they go to Giannis at the five, um, DeAndre Ayton, just, he can't, he's, he's struggling to defend Giannis, and, and really, it's a lot of the Phoenix Suns just struggling to defend Chris Middleton. Um, I'm critical of how Milwaukee's been so easily switching their defense, switching their man-to-man, and switching on screens, but uh, I think Milwaukee's done a really brilliant job of mixing up their defensive coverages and keeping Phoenix really off balance, um, and forcing Phoenix to just try and seek out matchups instead of moving the ball. Um, you know, it's actually kind of a, it's a Bill Russellian type trick. Like, Bill Russell would let, you know, Wilt Chamberlain get some confidence and, and score a lot, and that would keep him from getting others involved, and it would keep kind of feeding him in the post, and then Bill Russell would turn on the defense, and that would be enough for him to stop Wilt Chamberlain and, and slow down Wilt Chamberlain. That's why the Celtics beat the Sixers so many, Sixers and Warriors so many times back in the day. It feels like what Milwaukee's doing is they're they're forced they're allowing Phoenix to kind of hunt matchups, but keeping them from moving the ball and playing the kind of style that got them to the finals. It's just kind of some nice psychology. But you know, honestly, at the end of the day, this is all small stuff. Um, you know, you're in the middle of a good final series when the difference between wins and losses are literally just small plays, uh, especially late in the game. They're they're little things. Um, you know, Steve Clifford says it all the time. You know, I think Jeff Van Gundy's even said it on the broadcast. You know, the real key for Phoenix is they have to shoot better. Like, like it's really that simple. I mean, Phoenix could easily win game six, and this could easily be a seven-game series. Uh, it would not surprise me. Milwaukee could easily win game six, and the series could be over, and the prophecy could be fulfilled. But um, this is a this is a really, really just fun series. Um, the, game, the, the series essentially turned on two plays. Giannis Antetokounmpo blocking DeAndre Ayton at the rim on that alley, but I know Milwaukee was up two, and Chris Middleton had an incredible, uh, um, incredible uh, run toward the end of that game in Game Four, and that Drew Holiday steal on Devin Booker. Um, again, great defense by PJ Tucker, great defense by Chris Middleton, great defense by Drew Holiday. Phoenix looked completely discombobulated; that their spacing was off, and that allowed Holiday to kind of come in and go for the strip and and made an incredible play on the ball, and then just made the ballsiest, gutsiest play, throwing that alley-oop to Giannis uh, for the foul and the, and one. Um, I mean, I was I was watching it. I couldn't hear the whistle, and I was asking, what is Drew Holiday doing? Hold the ball, take the free throws. Time off is more important. But getting that foul made that play so worth it. It was just a gutsy, 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 like, you know, just kind of thumb-at-their-nose play. Um, and, and you gotta love it. You, you can't, you can't, you can't hate that stuff. That's you gotta love it. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's gonna be good. It's fun. Um, this is this has been a great series. I, I'm really, really looking forward to uh, looking forward to Game Six on Tuesday. Obviously, it should be a really fun game. Um, again, this stuff is turning on the smallest things. Um, these these are not big things. You know, there's no one big thing Phoenix has to do. They have to shoot better. They have to move the ball better. That's how you know you have a good finals. That's how you know you have a good series. Um, there's not a lot separating these two teams, and I think it's really, really excited, really, really exciting 
uh, to watch how this all plays out. Game two, of course, will be Tuesday night at 9 o'clock. We'll recap that game on Wednesday's episode of Locked on Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himble, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. Don't forget to check out the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. Featuring analysis from the Goat of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Brian, Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. We'll have some comments on the magic when it's our turn. I'll go a little bit deeper into my explanation, so be sure to listen to that podcast. I will reference it a lot uh, when we get to that coming up here in the next few days. But that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. And until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this is me, Philip Rossman. We'll see you all again for another episode of Locked on Magic.